the, again, the peak performers that I see that have long-term sustainable success at a high level, right? Now, anybody can do it for a short period of time, right? I think anybody can do that, right? You call them the one-hit wonders in music. Anybody can have a one-hit sure. wonder in business, right? But to have a career, a long-term sustainable success, I don't see that many people that don't care about their fitness. I mean, and again, it may just because the people that I choose to surround myself with, but the ones that are doing it and the ones I get to interview every week and our clients that are just crushing it, they care, right? They care about their family. They care about their fitness. I mean, and those are the discussions that we're having with them. Yes, their portfolio, but also what, what other stuff can I be doing to enrich my life? And I find if I want to, you know, run and do the things I want to do and be the family guy I want to be and be the business guy I want to be and host a podcast and have a charity my wife and I started in 2007 for cancer. If I want to do all those things, I got to take care of this guy, mm. right? Because if I have to go home, if I'm just exhausted every day when I go home because I'm out of shape, I didn't do whatever I need to be doing, then I'm no good for my family. If I'm staying up all night, well, then I'm no good for my work the next day, right? It's just a vicious cycle. Hey, well, welcome back to a Rest, Eat, Move podcast. This is Matt Johnson. Um, this is going to be a interview podcast with a friend, colleague, acquaintance, another podcast host, Brett Gilliland. And before we get into that, uh, a couple exciting things happened at Ontario Living. Our food bar is back in stock. We have a couple new products in the works. And as always, we're trying to uh, really help um, people in all different levels of their health journey. So if you need anything at any time, shoot us an email at info at ontargetliving.com. But today's podcast is really kind of a look inside uh, a busy professional, a business owner, entrepreneur, family guy, also has hobbies and things outside of the workplace, and how he kind of prioritizes his health, areas he's looking to improve on. And so we thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of do a real person with a real story. And the theme around this conversation is going to be about helping you achieve a greater future uh, than the past. And I think that's a good example of what you're going to hear from Brett is, you know, how do you, how do you achieve something in the future that maybe you haven't had or haven't seen in the past? So Brett, thanks for uh, joining us on this podcast. Um, I know we've been on your podcast many times, but why don't you tell the listener what your podcast is? And let's start with why you decided to do a podcast. Yeah, well, thanks. I, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, man, I, you've been on my podcast. Your sister's been on my podcast. Your dad's been on the podcast twice. I, I've got to think it's the only podcast I've had. Your family's the only one I've had, you know, three people from mm. the same family and, and the dad twice. So uh, you guys are putting out a, an amazing stuff and, and love what you're doing. But um, yeah, to answer your question though, I mean, why did I do a podcast? It was uh, I'm sure you're like me that you, you listen to podcast and it was one day it was, I think it was going into Christmas, 2016, maybe. Um, and, and I thought, you know, what? I, I think I could do a podcast and it seems kind of cool. And I love people's stories and I, I love to learn. And and so I thought, you know, I'll give this a shot. And so I texted a few buddies that used to play professional baseball and some, some author guys I knew. I was like, Hey, would you come on my podcast? And they're like, yeah, you want to do it like next week? I'm like, Oh crap. I'm like, man, I gotta, I don't even, I said, you know what? It's the holidays. Let's just wait till the end of the next month and we'll do it in January. And so, uh, 
Yeah, so February 6, 2017, I believe, was the first uh, episode uh, that ever came out. So uh, that that's the kind of the how, the crazy story. And then, you know, of course, I stayed up watching YouTube videos late at night when I should have been sleeping, and uh, I wasn't focusing on my my rest part of the eat rest move. We'll, we'll get and, into uh, <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get yeah, into that. So, so that's the, why the name of your podcast is Circuit of Success Podcast. What's the goal that you want the listeners with your podcast to achieve? Yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, you can probably see this on my microphone for those watching it is, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier is helping people achieve a future greater than your past. I mean, I own a wealth management firm. That That's my day job. That's what I do. That's how I provide for our family. And uh, that's our mission of our firm. But uh, the podcast is is really just a hobby that's become a massive passion and helping lots of people. And, and so it's really to get a sneak peek into the minds of people like yourself and you know, other, you know, business owners, professional athletes, whatever it may be. Uh, to learn from them. I mean, it, it's, you know, we all put our pants on the same way, you know, every day. And so it's amazing to me how unique uh, somebody can go uh, and, and start something and build something and, and we can all learn from them. So that's the goal is if I always tell people, if you can get one nugget from each podcast, then that was a victory. And I, and I started with that question intentionally. So you're busy. You have four uh, boys, you have a wife, uh, you just got back from golf. You like hobbies. Um, Obviously, you find the podcast important enough, but how do you find the time for it? How do you find the space for it? Yeah, um, I, I would say for a lot of things in my life, I've got amazing people around me. Um, I, I couldn't do what I do without you know an amazing business partner and, and a guy named Tim Hammett, um, you know, Robin, uh, Ryan, Lauren. I mean, all these amazing people that work in our firm, uh, and then also to have a you know super supportive wife, right? That that does so many things uh, for our family and, and her passions and the things she's focused on. So I, I would first off, I would say it's it's the people. Um, you know, I, I I we we did an exercise about oh, probably three or four years ago as a team and said write down the top ten things that you think you do, right? So I wrote down my top ten things I think I do for our firm. And then we went around the table and had our executive team vote on the top three things that they want from you. And uh, and from then on, it really just kind of gave me permission to feel like I could do the things that I'm uniquely qualified to do and uh, without having any guilt around that. And that was a big mm. deal for me. It was a big exercise mm. to go through and say, okay, my team needs this from me. And now I just got to execute and do that. And so, um, you know, by luck, one of the things I can do is go out and impact our communities through whether it's speaking or a podcast. And it's amazing the connections and the people you start to meet and and can help build some business that way. Well, it was funny before we started, you said, hey, are you just going to run through some questions? And um, you kind of led me to where my my direction was going today <laughs> is you're kind of saying you're surrounding yourself with people that have strengths that maybe are. I wouldn't call them always your weaknesses, but a diverse team around you that are all kind of helping each other. Here's where I want to take our conversation today, because I think a lot of executives in your seat were they're they got a they got a fast pace. Would you say you got a pretty fast pace in your life? Yeah, yeah, very fast paced. <clears throat> and you and I think what we're gonna kind of talk through in this conversation is how to have the the space to have the pace. Yeah. But when I think about health, one of the things I was talking, I just got back from a conference yesterday in Tampa and I was telling a gentleman, he was saying, you know, what do you think about this exercise? What do you think about that? What do you think about all these podcasts? And I said, for a second there, I want you just to pause and say, most of the time we focus on our strengths, but when it comes to health, 
I think our biggest opportunity is to focus on our weaknesses. And so the first question in the hot seat today is, you know, what would you consider as your weakness when it comes to health or, you know, in your lifestyle where you're trying to constantly kind of, oh yeah, I got to get back to that. Where, where do you, where do you think that you have the biggest opportunity? Yeah, I think you must have been listening to the one-on-one conversation I had with myself coming back from that <laughs> golf trip you mentioned is, uh, you know, man, when I'm on the road like that, it's like, I just eat like crap and it's, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to be, to appear to be in decent shape, you know, and, and, uh, and all that stuff, I guess some good genes, I guess, but my, my number one is what I eat. It's, it's gotta be better. Um, it's just, I find myself. Uh, and it's easy to do in today's world, right? I mean, I can sure. look around and there's a yep. hundred restaurants I can go to in five minutes and grab something quick, but it's not always healthy. But, you know, to your point of your super fast paced, busy life, like when we get done here, I will go home and I will immediately, like, I will change and I will get in a car and take my youngest, my fourth boy, who's nine, I coach his baseball team and we will mm-hmm. drive, you know, 35, 40 minutes to his baseball game tonight. And we'll get done in this small town in Illinois tonight at, you know, probably eight fifteen. and guess what? He'll be hungry. And so will I, well, what will the choices be, right? There'll be fast food choices. Sure. And, and so again, that's an excuse, but that's the life that I choose to live right now that I don't, and I don't pre-plan of all the things I could go over in business wise and personal life and time for this time for that. It's all around planning. And I do a horrible job of that with my, with my uh, food intake. Have you ever thought about that philosophy from a health standpoint? Cause <clears throat> the reason I brought it up and I thought you were great. And again, I didn't know the ins and outs and wasn't picking on you by any means, <laughs> but I think most um, leaders like you, entrepreneurs, uh, running successful businesses. I think we've all heard of strength finders. Yeah. And I think that works really well in, in business. Have you ever thought about, you know, focusing from a health standpoint on your weaknesses? Sounds like kind of you have, but have you ever taken that philosophy? Uh, I have in a lot of areas, but not on the, uh, in the eating part. And it's literally, as you're sitting here and we're having this conversation, it's, it's making me think I, I like to gamify things. Right. So now I should probably create a game with myself on the eating side. Right. And so, uh, um, you know, tonight, maybe it'll be a, a grilled chicken sandwich and a salad <laughs> instead of the burger and fries. Right. You'll have to send a picture. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an, that's an interesting part. And I think, I think about it in my own life. So when I think about exercise, I do the exercise that I'm good at. Yeah. When I think about eating, I eat the food that I know how to cook. When I thinking about sleep or re- restorative stuff, what comes second nature. And I think that's where we have an opportunity, and especially in 2023, as information's anywhere that we want it to be, as uh, there's more gizmos and gadgets and things, we're going we're gonna to always kind of go to what's comfortable. And I think sometimes we're losing the opportunity when it comes to your health. Let's shift gears. What's your strength when it comes to your health? Um, I, I would say it's become, this has become a strength is, is movement as you guys call it, right? Exercise movement, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got into, again, I've always been, I always move, right? I'm, I'm very active. I'm, I play with my kids in the yard or I coach sports and I play sports. I golf, I play basketball, whatever it may be. I do that, but I have not, historically been a guy that likes to go to the gym for an hour and, you know, lift weights or doing that stuff. Um, but, but I did find, and, and I think you'll probably connect with this is in August of 2022, I said, you know what, man, I am so tired 
of not exercising, right? Not getting in what I would call normal movement. So my goal in life is, was a lot of goals in life, but one of my goals in life is to live well in my nineties and play golf on my hundredth birthday. Okay. Well, at 45 years old, I can't just wake up at 98 and be like, all right, I'm gonna, you know, knock the dust off here and be ready in a couple of years. I've got to make the choices today, whether that's sleeping, eating, moving, right? All those things. I got to make those choices today, just like an investment world that I live in. You can't expect to be a millionaire tomorrow. You got to start saving a dollar, right? Save $2, save $100, save $1,000. And then one day you can wake up like that. Uh, and so I've got to do that with my own health. And, and I, I find that's to be extremely important to me is one was clarity. So finding out exactly what I want. Well, I want to golf at 100. I want to live well in my 90s. My wife and I both do. We want to travel, see the world, see our grandkids, all that. Um, but the the thing that I'm getting to, I apologize for the long-winded answer here, no, but this is, account- is accountability. I have a group of guys. There's 13 guys on a text message chain uh, that I started in August of last year. And um, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays. I said, you know, let's not just try to go from nothing to, you know, let's six days a week, Brett, you're going to work out. Like, well, that that's, I'm going to fail, right? If I try to go to that. And you know what's crazy? It's, it has moved into probably six days a week of some sort of exercise movement but it's a text message on Monday night and it's a text message on Wednesday night. And for me, I go to my little trusty journal right here, this black journal and I take notes and I call them future greater than yourself, uh, you know, workout. Like you happen to be home workout number two, week out week two on August 8th of 2022. Here are the nice. 10 exercises we needed to do. The goal for the group is live well in our nineties golf at hundred. It's accountability and it's brotherhood and fun. So I had clarity around what it is we do. And then I got a bunch of buddies on this group text message that we hold each other accountable. Yeah, I love I love that. And accountability sometimes is overlooked, right? You know, it's easy to kind of, I was teaching an exercise session at 5.45 uh, yesterday. I didn't want to wake up. <laughs> and right. I know the people that were attending didn't want to wake up. But man, we felt good. And yeah. kind of, we kind of all had to be there and it, it created that accountability. What are, what are you doing now from a health sto- standpoint that you've always done? You know, what's something like, have you always drank water? Have you always got a good night's sleep? You know, you kind of said you've always moved your body, but what's something that you've, you're doing still today that you've always kind of learned from the past or learned from your, your family that is really something you really value in health. And it could be mental. It could be physical. Yeah. What I've always done. And I didn't know I was doing this, that it was a thing to do, but, uh, what do they call intermittent fasting? Right. Mm. I, I don't, uh, I had not done that on purpose. And I don't even know if somebody as a professional as you, if you believe in that stuff or not believe in it. But for me, I used to not eat breakfast because I was always nervous. I was a very nervous child growing up and had anxiety and all this stuff. And so I just wouldn't eat because I didn't want to worry about getting sick because I just would be nervous about going to school or going to a golf match or basketball game or whatever it be. And so I would eventually, you know, once I get my day, I'd warm up and I, you know, I could eat lunch, eat my dinner and do my thing. But I did that. And now, and I'm not just saying this. And to those listening, I promise you, he didn't pay me to say this is uh, the only thing I have in the morning is my wheatgrass. Uh, I drank my wheatgrass in the morning and that's it. That's all I had this morning. And then I have probably uh, anywhere between eight to 10 of these bad boys uh, a day. And I tracked my sleep through my whoop bracelet. And I found that if I have less than seven glasses of water, I have worse sleep. And if I have more than 10, I have worse sleep. So seven to 10 is my sweet spot where I've got to be drinking water. And thankfully I love water. Um, and I've, I've always drank it. 
And so as a, as like a, you know, are you the founder of Visionary Wealth or partner or CEO? What's your actual title? Yeah, I'm the co-founder. Me and my business partner, Tim Hammett, founded Visionary uh, about nine years ago. And uh, so I'm the co-founder and CEO. And so as a busy CEO, dad, uh, coach, <laughs> you got to get the coach part in there. Right. Um, where does your health live in that priority, that hierarchy? Yeah, it's, uh, I talk about my F to the sixth power, and that's a big thing for me. When I make any decision, I filter it through these six Fs, and that's my faith, my family, my fitness, my firm, which is work, right? My mm. fun and my finances. Love and that. so anytime somebody asks me to do something, and, and as you know, you, especially as a busy, busy leader and a business owner, you get pulled in a lot of directions and you get asked to do things. And I have to run it through that filter. And if it's going to move the needle in one of those areas, then, then I will do that. Then I will, I will participate, but I've had to get good at saying no to things over the last number of years and uh, having a, a system, if you will, the F to the six power that that's helped with that. I think it could be a good question, but I might get back to it about what you maybe have to say no to, to have better fitness. I think we all kind of, you know, I'm a golfer. Yeah. Some of my buddies aren't the fittest golfers. <laughs> right. so I got to say no to some, some things, but what takes me back and I did a little, um, you know, history on you is your family's always been in banking. It's, yeah. It sounds like your father, your uncle, your grandfather. But one of the things you realize is you wanted to help people build and achieve goals versus I don't know what you consider kind of banking as a difference in that. But what did what did you learn from them? Or what did you learn from maybe they didn't have to kind of create that six F of fitness health? You know, what, yeah, what did what, that what, yeah, what, what did you kind of see from banking that you kind of want to take a little bit more uh, control into building wealth? Yeah, I, I did. I saw that unless I wanted to start my own bank, which that that's pretty darn expensive to do that, right? I, I didn't see uh, a light down that deal of, of owning and running something. Um, certainly, you could work your way up a bank, right? And people do it all the time. And you work yourself up and you become sure. the CEO of the bank. But that for me, it was just a path that I didn't see being the path I wanted to take. And, and so I saw a cousin, I share this all the time. I'm the youngest cousin on my mom's side, my oldest cousin. Um, hopefully, maybe he'll listen to this. My much, much older cousin, um, Dean, was in the industry that I'm in now. And I saw his lifestyle and I saw the impact he was able to make on his community and his people. And I said, I want to do that. And I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to build, you know, our own brand. And, and that's why with Visionary, we're able to do that now, nine years later. But, you know, I spent the first 12 and a half years of my life working for a big financial company and said, you know, look, I, I want to do more. I want more for our clients. And I just had faith, right? One of my success, I had faith mm -hmm. in myself, faith in God that we could go out and do that. And, and, you know, again, nine years later, here we are. And it was the best decision I've ever made professionally. And, and when you look at the average CEO, the average business person, the average banker, um, male, female, um, how would you rate their health? The people that you come across? Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Um, I find, and I don't know if it's just the, the circles I'm running in or who I'm with here, but it's, I find uh, the, the more successful they are, the more they focus on their health. Right. Mm. And I always talk about, again, so you're in the health business, I'm in the wealth business. Right. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I compare those two all the time. And, sure. and here's how I compare it is if you only focused right on your health, 
and you didn't focus on your money, what's going to happen? You're going to retire or want to retire one day, but you can't. And so you're going to have, you know, all this health, but no money. Well, guess what happens? Your health deteriorates, right? Because you're focused and stressed on this money thing that you don't have and vice versa. You go out, man, I'm only going to work and bust my butt to go out and make a dollar and you make millions and millions and millions of dollars, but you're overweight and high blood pressure, cholesterol, all the things that you've got wrong with you, what happens to your money? Well, it starts to deteriorate because you're spending it all to get healthy, right? So I find that whether you're a banker, investment person, whatever, the most successful people I'm around, they're focused on both, right? And they, they kind of, they all rise together. So the more successful we can be in the exercise room and with our sleep and with our breathing and with our water intake, all those things, I find when I'm in line with those things and doing really, really well, I'm at my best at work, mm. right? And when I'm at my best at work, guess what? I'm at my best in the gym. It, it, they go hand in hand. Well, it's interesting. So you were mentioning kind of you were a nervous kid, anxious kid. Uh, I was going to ask you a couple of questions on how do you manage your stress, but what's something that you wish you learned uh, 21 years ago when you got in the business that, that your mentor, your boss would have pulled you in and said, hey, do this? Yeah. Um, one, I wish it would have been meditation. Um, mm -hmm. Meditation has changed my life um, from a, a standpoint of the anxiety. I mean, I used to go to meetings and I would literally get sick in the bathroom in the you know big skyscraper building in downtown St. Louis. I was so nervous and and um, you know I and, and I had a I had a like a basically an anxiety panic attack in a in a meeting with a potential client and um, and then I ended up taking myself to the hospital and thought you know God I'm I'm having a heart attack well I wasn't having a heart attack and then I went to the Mayo Clinic up in Minnesota and you know spent two days up there and did every scan and thing you could think of because there's something wrong with me right well little did I know I was having anxiety and it, it was, I always knew I was a nervous kid, but I didn't know the word anxiety at that point. And so sure. uh, once I started to study it and then learn about this meditation thing, I wish somebody would have told me that at, you know, 22 years that's, old when I started in the business, it was a game changer. Yeah. That's so powerful. And I think um, sometimes we assume, you know, I, I look at you from afar and you think, you know, you're calm and we all, we all can kind of play this, this, this card a little different, but meditation is super powerful. And, yeah. and I think sometimes we forget the impact it could make on people, even when we think they're not listening. I think back to some of my best mentors, and I say this a lot. I actually wrote it in the capacity book. Um, most people that helped us never knew they helped us. You know, and so like, let's just say you had a mentor 21 years ago that said, hey, you really got to manage stress and meditation. At the time, you probably would have rolled your eyes and or, or maybe not even acknowledged it, but it yeah. could have been super powerful. What do you do right now for meditation? Uh, well, now it's just become a habit. And so um, I, I now can sit there and breathe on my own and kind of know that self-guided type stuff that I can do. Um, I usually do it just, again, because I like to gamify things. I usually will turn on the Peloton app and so I can mm -hmm. get my little blue dot that I did something mm -hmm. that day, right? So um but I, I can sit there and breathe. And it's it's nice because once you've learned it, um, there's a whole process to it. Uh, you can do it in a meeting, right? If you're having, having some anxiety during a big meeting with people, you can be meditating and nobody even knows it. So it's not the meditation where you're sitting around with your legs crossed and singing Kumbaya, right? It's I mean, there, it's just about your breathing. And so it's deep, deep belly breathing. It's a habit. I do it in the morning. Uh, sometimes I'll do it in the middle of the day. I usually go to bed doing it. Uh, it's just It's just what I do. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah I but it. I but I started with Headspace. For those people maybe listening to mm. this that didn't have mm. a 
a place to start or wouldn't know how to start. I did, it was like 50 bucks for a year or something like that. And I followed the uh, Headspace app and I did everything it told me to do. And I did that for probably three years. And it, that's what I would say I, where I set off on the, the game changer of meditation. And life, I mean, you'd say it's life-changing. Life-changing. Bus Business-wise, uh, professional, personal, everything. Just golf game. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, I mean, literally, I, I, if you just said, if this podcast was, I had one question and it was, what's the biggest game changer in your whole career? Yeah. What has it been? I would tell you meditation. Love it. Which begins with breathing and, and all the things that we talk about. So let's get back to this. Uh, this is kind of a, um, a quote from my father, but I really, I really think it's powerful and it relates to individuals like you that are trying to achieve a lot, trying to achieve success. And we all define it differently, but also have the balance, the flexibility, the autonomy, the faith, the family, all those things as a priority, you got a fast pace. I think you said you just got back from a golf trip. Um, um, you have celebrations, you got work to do. Is your pace faster today than it was 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, My kids are active, right? I got 17, 15, 13, and 9. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we got seven teams we're managing right now, seven actual <laughs> teams that we're on because we're in a kind of a you know, crossover uh, season. So how do you create enough space for Brett? So um, if you had asked me my second biggest thing, if a mentor would have called me in 21 years ago, um, you mentioned earlier, kind of right when we started this about the pace, right? The pace of life. And I've said for years, you have to slow down to speed up. And the best, one of the best things I've done, uh, I've got two journals here, one that I've created, shameless plug here, but I've created and it's on Amazon now. And this is a daily journal. It's a 90 day journal. But that came from this, a little black journal here that I've been using since July of 2005. Um, I have journaled. And so I would call it a journal slash strategic think time. So I put STT on my calendar. So every Wednesday from 1 to 2.30 um, is on my calendar for nothing to be scheduled but me, my journal, and an ink pen. No technology, no nothing, right? And that again has probably been the second biggest game changer for me is to slow down and think about life, plan life, dream about life, um, work your way through a struggle, um, start a business, you know, all these things, everything I've done in my life has come from strategic think time. And so I will, if I'm on a random, you know, Sunday thinking about something, I'm like, Ooh, I need to remember that for my strategic think time. Well, I go to my phone, I tell Siri to remind me on Wednesday at one o'clock to think about A, B, C, D, right? And then it's out of my mind, but then come Wednesday at one o'clock, my alerts go off. I'm, and every Monday or every Wednesday, I grab my, oh, there's a, my, got a text message. No, that's right. It's all my reminders. And then I take my ink pen and my piece of paper and I write down, right? And I journal and I dream and I think about all that stuff. And so that strategic think time has now gone from, you know, an hour and a half a week to, you know, hopefully I get it into, I will not miss it. Even if there's something that happens to happen on Wednesday at one o'clock, it gets rescheduled. I reschedule that week or that day, the meeting with me, but by and large, I want to keep it on Wednesday from one to two 30 every week. So let me just reiterate. So you're saying to speed up, you have to slow down. 1000%. And that's, that would be number two on the list of what you wish somebody would t tell you. You're around a lot of business leaders and you're saying health is more important how many of them do you think give themselves enough slow time or downtime are you seeing that increase as well 
Some, but I mean, it's, it's the number one thing I joke with people. I'll tell them, look, th this, this idea I'm going to give you, you know, let's say, let's say I'm talking to you. You're asking me for advice. Let's say, right. I'm going to tell you the thing I'm getting ready to tell you, you will not do. Nobody does it. Right. They will not do it. And it has been, again, the second biggest game changer for me, but man, it's difficult because if you're a hard charging, fast paced, running and gunning type guy or gal, do you really want to sit down with an ink pen? a piece of paper and yourself every week for an hour and a half. What in the hell am I going to do with my time? Right. I hear it all the time. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to write down. I don't either, but yeah. you got to do it. And in the early days, man, you may just be sitting there staring at yourself thinking, God, this is dumb, but I have what <laughs> faith, right? My up to the six powers faith, mm. not only is faith, religious faith, like faith in God, it's but it's faith that when you learn something, you got to have faith to follow the process to get it done and give it time and learn, right? So I had faith that when I would learn and hear from people about slowing down by journaling, right? You hear it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. But how many of us have faith to do it? Well, I did. I, I was dumb enough to do that. Yeah. And I think uh, we work a lot with a lot of financial advisors, a lot of uh, CEOs that own their own firms. And one of the things we like to kind of illustrate is everyone wants to go forward you know be successful build that right. build that business but if you think of a catapult which launches things far into the distance the first part of a catapult is what well it's strong yeah it goes back it has to go back and so one of the things we like to say is to do more you have to rest more you said you have to slow down to go fast i think this is a lesson that i'm trying to really teach uh, the leaders that I come across, because I said it on a, either last podcast or podcast before, that the number one thing people don't do that we teach them to do, they do the food stuff, they'd like to move the body, is they don't just sit and breathe. Yeah, no. And and there's I think there's a reason with that. I think we're very, it can be uncomfortable to be with yourself. My favorite movie, one of them is Forrest Gump and his superpower. If you, if you look at that movie from a big picture view, his superpower is he's happy to be Forrest Gump. So mm. he can sit on a bench for eight hours and be happy. Yeah. And that's, I think a skill. And it sounds like a skill that's really become one of your superpowers to. Yeah. To and and I say it like, it sounds so easy now, but man, it was not tough. It was not easy for years. Right. No, and so I would tell somebody to list that's listening that just, just trust, you know, they don't even know who I am, but just trust me for a guy that's done it is you have to go through the hard stages early on. What in the heck am I going to talk about? Um, you know, even the meditation, it was hard early. Cause then you know, I'm supposed to be quiet and breathing and not thinking about something. Well, I'm thinking about 9 million things over here. And, and then it's like, that's why the self-guided thing is good when they're like, okay, now bring it back to center. But then I went through a phase where I was breathing that I would get dizzy. And then again, I had to go research it. What's wrong with me? Well, that's totally normal. I'm getting oxygen into parts of my body that have never had it because I shallow breathe for so dang long from being nervous <laughs> and running and gunning. <laughs> That yeah. parts of my body now are getting things that they've never had before. They're getting resources they never were able to have. And so there's That's a process yeah. there. And a lot of people would quit during that dizzy stage. So as we kind of round the corner here, here's a couple of things. So uh, I think family is a, a big connector for both of us. I have three kids under seven and uh, hmm. I'm busy now, but I know I understand once the seven teams and all the management, yeah. it's just a different season. But what are you trying to teach your four boys about health? I know you're teaching them many things, probably faith, family, uh, business, but from a health standpoint, what are some, what are some things you're teaching the boys? 
Yeah, I think it's just to be active. You know, don't don't just sit around on your phone. And now, look, they're they're teenage boys. Three of them are. My <laughs> my third one is a teenager today. It's actually his thirteenth birthday. And so, oh, happy uh, birthday. Yeah, and so I think it's just just be active. And it doesn't mean that. 17 or 15 or whatever that you're going in the gym and pumping iron all the time. And, you know, they certainly will do that, but I think it's just don't sit around and be lazy. Don't sit around and be on your phone. They, they, they you know, my, my eight year, almost nine year old meditates. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Right. And so those are the things that take notes, read good books, uh, meditate, breathe, focus on that. It's okay as a boy to share your vulnerabilities and your transparency, right? It's okay to say you're not good at something. You know, and and just have them be cultured and do that type of stuff. That's really what I'm sharing with them. And I I would again, I would call that fitness because I think it's fitness of your mind and fitness of your body. What's your take on screen time with them? Oh man, we it's all over the place because it's so tough, man. These these devices are built. You know, if you've seen the social dilemma, they're built on purpose to just suck us in, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we we certainly aren't perfect at it, but it, it's, there's a lot of nights, most nights we have them charge their phones in our room uh, or oh, our nice. closet somewhere. So just nice, to nice. get them out of their room and and they'll admit it, even though they don't want to sometimes, right. But they'll admit it that when those nights happen, they have a much better, they go to sleep earlier. Number one, number two, they sleep better, right? Because we know what light on your phone, staring at it in the dark in your bedroom does what it tells mm-hmm. your brain, wake up. Right. So we even have them wear blue light glasses. We think those are important for the kids and for ourselves. Um, But I think it's just challenging them and letting them decide if that's the best thing for them. Uh, You know, it was kind of cool. My 17 year old, maybe about three weeks ago, um, asked for a book recommendation. I gave him one. He's like, man, this book's amazing. And, and, And he said, you know, I just realized how much time I'm wasting by just looking at, you know, social media or TikTok or whatever. Uh, on my phone. And so I think, I, in my opinion, you got to let them coach them up a little bit, but let them make the decision uh, for themselves. Because then if you, you know, your kids probably aren't old enough yet, but man, you want to take that phone from them. It could be like, you know, World War Three is getting ready to happen. And they, they yeah, don't want to get rid of that stuff. I think we're all trying to figure it out. It's 15 years old. It's new. Yeah. You know, we don't, yeah. you know, how long have humans been around? Have we got this potentially time sucking attention grabbing thing. Anyway, I think that's a good, those are some good tips. Um, here's, here's kind of the last thing. And then I want you to share with uh, how the listener can kind of listen to your podcast circuit of success. We started with uh, achieving a future greater than the past question for you is, and I, I think we all know the answer is, can you have a greater future without your health? I would say no. I mean, I think so that's what, uh, what would you yeah. tell what would you tell somebody that's chasing this future that they think they can make up for the health later? Well, one, I don't think you can make up for it later. It, it's like, you know, once that thing has set into your body, I mean, can you cure cancer? I mean, maybe you can cure cancer in somebody. Yeah, people beat cancer all the time. Um but, there, but now you're still at more risk, right? I mean, I'm not a physician, but that just would be my understanding of that. And, and so I don't think you can make up for it. And, and I would tell them that, the, the again, the peak performers that I see that have long-term sustainable success at a high level, right? Now, anybody can do it for a short period of time, right? I think anybody can do that. Right? You call them the one-hit wonders in music. Anybody can have a one-hit sure. wonder in business, right? 
but to have a career, a long-term sustainable success, I don't see that many people that don't care about their fitness. I mean, and again, it may just because of the people that I choose to surround myself with, but the ones that are doing it and the ones I get to interview every week and our clients that are just crushing it, they care, right? They care about their family. They care about their fitness. I mean, and those are the discussions that we're having with them. Yes, their portfolio, but also what, what other stuff can I be doing to enrich my life? And I find if I want to, you know, run and do the things I want to do and be the family guy I want to be and be the business guy I want to be and host a podcast and have a charity my wife and I started in 2007 for cancer. If I want to do all those things, I got to take care of this guy, mm. right? Because if I have to go home, if I'm just exhausted every day when I go home because I'm out of shape, I didn't do whatever I need to be doing, then I'm no good for my family. If I'm staying up all night, well, then I'm no good for my work the next day, right? Sure. It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah, I, I love it. I think we're in synergy. I think you've, uh, I think we all have weaknesses. That's how we started. And I think yep. it, uh, we all have to pay attention to those when it comes to our health, surround ourselves with people that have uh, strengths, maybe in different areas, but also that can tell us some opportunities that we have. Tell the listeners, uh, Circuit of Success podcast, you're doing it every week. How often does it come out and uh, where they can listen to it at? Yeah, you can listen in any podcast you know arena, whether it's Apple or Google or Stitcher, whatever. They're out, I think it's on seventy four different stations. We got a YouTube channel under my name, Brett Gilliland. Um, you can watch all the videos there. Um, you know, we do the little snippets and all that stuff as well. Um, and then you can go to circuitofsuccess.com uh, and check it out there. And then also visionarywealthadvisors.com is our firm. That there's a, obviously a backlink from the firm to the uh, to the podcast as well that people can find it. And then. I'm on all social media channels and uh, uh, on there. So that's it. Yeah, check, check it out. I've listened to many episodes. And as you uh, heard at the beginning, we've been on many episodes. So maybe we're biased to the, to the <laughs> podcast. But as I kind of wrap up, and I think there was some gold nuggets in here. I think the biggest takeaway for me that resonated with me is to speed up. We have to slow down. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. But for everyone listening, uh, if you have any questions, info at OntarioLiving.com. We'll see you again. Bye.